Hello. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Beatrice. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. What have you been up to? Well, um, I had a few train journeys this week. So, oh, um, really? Yes. Yeah, so I took your um, book, the book you gave to me for Christmas, the Tracy Tynan. Oh, yeah. Um, wear and tear. So thank you so much. I, I I was so annoyed when my first train journey was finished because I hadn't quite got through it and it, it <laughs> I, I just really didn't want to put it down. Oh, I'm so glad you like it. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm very happy to um, lend it to you. Um, I would love that. So yeah, but well, as you know, she's a, she's the daughter of Kenneth Tyne and the theatre critic, and um, yeah, and her mother was also a writer, um, Elaine Dandy, and um, what she does, and and her parents had quite a volatile relationship. Um, so her her when she was smaller, it's sort of really interesting what she writes about that. But the the way the book is done is each chapter is um there's one sort of main garment that she talks about it's not necessarily hers yeah so it's really nice so um sometimes it might be the socks of her father or sometimes it might be a friend's t-shirt muji t-shirts that he liked to wear um but a lot of the time it's a sort of her own garments and her wedding dress and things like that and i that was a really really nice way way of doing it, and um, I don't know, made me think quite a bit about important garments in my own life. So, well, that but that's so nice because that really connects with like the worn stories and the Emily Spivak books we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, and also you've done. I mean, the reason I bought you the book because was because it seemed like it was really rich in stories about clothes, and because you do so many amazing biographies of clothes. But are there? Well, give me an example. I'd like to know more about what she, like how she writes about them. Um, so it, it, she has an illustrator who, so each chapter, say, one is called The Apple Green Shoes, um, and there's a little picture. That's already good. Yeah, that's right already there. good. And I yeah. think, um, so she, she was born in the early 50s, um, so The Apple Green Shoes um, is when she's still in England, and um, she, she used to go shopping with her mother, and that never really worked out, because they had quite different ideas about what, 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 what she should wear. So at some point her mother gives up on all this and just gives her an allowance and um, she talks about going to Oxford Street and seeing these amazing apple green shoes and it sounds like it must have been in the 60s and um, going back home and thinking she can't really buy them because that would blow her entire clothing allowance for several months. Uh, But then she does decide to go back and she, she gets them and she really loves them. So... It's sort of stuff like that, and um, so in this chapter, it's the shoes are really prominent. But then there are other chapters where it's a sort of starting off point, the garment, yeah. and it's it's not maybe that important overall in the in the chapter. So, um, and her father was a really flamboyant dresser, and her mother, for her mother, clothes were really important as well. And she becomes a costume Tracy Tynan herself later becomes a costume designer for films. Oh, does she work for film? Yeah. Films, did you say? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, Great Balls of Fire, for instance, was one of the films that she um, she did the costumes for. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 really lovely, and she writes really well, and um, yeah, she's got a sort of really nice voice. Um, so, I, I I really really enjoyed it. Um, and there's something else that she mentions at the end. I want to talk to you about, but yeah. but tell me first what you've been thinking about. Oh, well, I've just been getting really obsessed with the menswear shows ah. uh, that are on at the moment. And 
it keeps kind of changing what I'm most interested in because I really, really love the great the Wales Bonner show. As you know, she's like yeah. one of my top favorite designers, and I just loved her, love her work. But this week, because as you know, I'm fickle, mm-hmm. I'm now just really taken with that. You know, there was that shot from the end of the Louis Vuitton show of Kim Jones with Naomi Campbell and Kate Moss. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. I really liked that. I just liked it as a photograph and as a kind of moment when, you know, he's leaving the brand after, after I think, seven years, eight years. Mm. And also, obviously, that it's Kate and Naomi and that they look amazing. But I think it's so interesting that... that that so many designers are, are incorporating women into the men's shows and that for some of them it's more of a kind of nod towards gender fluidity and a kind of more interesting unisex or adaptable approach to dressing. But for others it's clearly that you get more coverage for women. Mm. Um, so I kind of was interested for that. But also, um, I mean, they look so wonderful. It was styled by Melanie Ward. You know who? who oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love her. I just think her work's so kind of subtle, but really beautiful. Um, because, I mean, I loved her. What she did with Helmut Lang was just incredible. <laughs> so I like that. And then I also have got a bit obsessed by how many shows have got raincoats in them and not trench coats but kind of like because Naomi and Kate are wearing these Louis Vuitton print um coats Mm -hmm. which is like single breasted and I'm not sure have you looked at them I'm not sure if they're leather or they're plastic they're like they're probably like super high quality leather but looks a bit shiny so a bit plasticky Mm. but I got a bit obsessed by how many of the shows have Either that kind of industrial nylon kind of men's raincoat, like Hayda Ackerman at Baluti did a really nice black and green one, for example, or kind of those sort of really plasticky see-throughy ones. Yeah, the see-through. I saw earlier today I looked at the Galliano from Magella show. Yes, exactly. Which I really liked. I, I keep yes. meaning to stop dressing in grey and black and go back to colour. Um but I, yeah, it, that was that was interesting because they also had he had the um he had the little hats as well the plastic hats yeah yeah and he had that trench coat so we had the trench coat it was there but then he had like a plastic simulacra see through mm. trench coat over the top which I really liked because it was like you know there were those amazing coats that Raph Simmons did for Calvin Klein that almost I don't I think it's sort of fake kind of orangey yellow fur and then it's got a plastic layer you know like people in films have over their sofas okay yeah yeah i didn't see them but yeah i can oh, imagine I have to send you yeah. a picture. You'll, you'll really like it it's really cool um and like mew mew had for women had plastic and then prada's sort of gone back to its 90s black nylon everything kind of world yeah and then there was a beautiful finale at Dries van Noten, where the, all of them had um, these kind of nylon-y raincoats, but then they look they look like, you know when in, in sort of old books, the marbled paper frontispiece? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like they've got these amazing kind of watery, painty prints on them. Mm-hmm. So like some of them have been treated so they look like they're another fabric or they've got some other pattern on them. But my question to you, Beatrice, 
is what are they being protected from? I feel it's more than rain. Yeah, it's weird. Um, mm. I mean, there is the, an anxiety here with the see-through one. Mm. I was wondering. There were sort of two things I was wondering about. One yeah. was a if you pay a lot of money for something that is actually quite cheap to produce, that is better conspicuous consumption. I think. Oh, that's a good point. Than yes. wearing yeah, it's fur. like. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's very much a status symbol, yes. But then also I thought with the with the see-through ones, but I think they're more the sort of more rarer, aren't they? They I was wondering, I don't know, but that's probably a stupid idea, but I just it's sort of, you know, if you if you have a really nice thing that you wear and then you put something on top, it sort of goes away, whereas if you have your see-through yes. neck. You so still... again conspicuous consumption mm. because it's it's showing the layers that mm. not not only can you afford your 1000 pound plastic see-through Mac, you can also afford your super chic under, well, no, outfit, not under. Yeah, but I I also think you're right about the protection. And um, when you were just talking about the Dries van Orden, which again, I haven't seen, um, but it sounded almost like a little bit of oil on water. Oh, yes, you're right, because that's how it's done, isn't it? it? Yeah, mm, that's what I must have And I suppose it's also um, that beautiful Raph Simmons show where it was really Blade Runner and, you know, they had umbrellas and everything. Mm. And the remake of of, um, Blade Runner, which I haven't seen. No, I I haven't seen. But the original one where it's like dystopian and rain. It rains all the time, yeah. Mm. And it's part of the kind of sense that things have gone wrong mm. so maybe it's just the general yeah horridness maybe of everything and and also it's a kind of false sense of transparency because as you say it's it's like a clear layer with the clear ones but you see what's underneath you don't see the person you're yeah. not really getting any greater truth oh that's interesting Mm. But yeah, it just, and I don't know, like, you know that the way that people are wearing, like, bum bags and fanny packs diagonally, yes. mm. they look like bandoliers, you know, when mm. soldiers have the, yeah. the, like, bullets. And also, um, in the Prada show, the, the men had, like, backpacks, but they're at the front, front packs with so zips there's... across, so they look a bit like bulletproof vests. So there is quite a bit of an army. I think it's going, going on, on. Mm. and and sort of industrial. Mm. So like, there's. I mean, obviously, this is not the only thing going on in the menswear collections, but I just think it's really interesting. But and as it... you know, I do like a bit of anxiety in fashion. I like <laughs> yes, to be able yes. to spot. <laughs> yes, we do know. Um, we do know that about me. Yeah. Um, but coming back to the women, I I yeah. find that really interesting as well because mm. um, on the one hand. Maybe I'm wrong in thinking that, but some of the female clothes are so feminine. Yes. And then to have, um, and it's almost hard sometimes if you if you don't want to dress like that and you want something sort of more masculine. Maybe it's, that's wrong. Yes. But and then to have, um, I usually much more prefer the men's wear stuff anyway. Um, it, yeah. I'm not quite sure where I'm getting at. It. It's just more that I find it interesting that you have women in menswear show that often dress in the sort of menswear stuff but on the other hand you have this sort of very feminine um body um accentuating 
type of clothing as well at the same yes, time. Yes, mm. that's true. Mm. You should have a look. Have you looked at um, Heda Ackerman's collection for no. Baluti? Because mm. there's... Um, that's really beautiful, and there, there's some good raincoats. Shall we go to here? And there's the Stella Tennant wears an amazing raincoat. I don't. Outfit. I don't think I could cope with a raincoat like that. It just reminds me of my childhood too much and having to wear um, horrible. I didn't have a plastic, a sort of see-through one, um, but I have a feeling I sometimes were made to wear one of those plastic. Um, little hats, you know, that you can fold together oh, really, really small. Oh, and but you... I bet you look really sweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> but you don't, that's not a direction you want to go back no, to. No, not, not in 2018, I think. Um, no, but you've it, done that, you're it, over Yeah, it. it might work for other people. Um, there's, you know, there's quite a lot of um, kind of see-through Emacs in the 40s that I came across oh, when really? I was going through Vogue and things. Because mm. I always thought it was something that was more 60s. Because I remember... Yeah. When I when I went to St Martin's, I can remember talking to Willie Walters, you know, who's the course director for BA mm. Fashion, um, and she ran or she was part of Swanky Mode, yeah. which was in Camden, and and her telling me about them doing plastic Max. I I'm not I can't remember now whether it was like late sixties or into the seventies. Oh, um, interesting. We we uh, we don't really have any at the museum. We have some of the sort of waxy. Wax coated. Oh yes, we have and we have a uh, Mary Quant PVC one as well. Oh, do um, you? What yeah, color? Black. Yeah, and ah. it's buttoned up at the back, which I. Oh really? Yeah, it's got a what, little. completely buttoned? It's yeah, not it's, at the front. Yeah, it's got a little Peter Pan collar, and then how at, funny at the front, and then it's yeah, it's buttoned at the back, which. So, is you, nice. so you're going to need a maid to get you into that. Possibly, possibly, or you need to be um sort of slight contortionist. I think you could could probably just about do it, but you probably don't look okay. that great while you <laughs> undo. <laughs> Um, I think once you're, you're in, a bit once, once you're, you're in, in, you're in, you look very cute and yeah. a bit fetishy. But, yeah. but until then, until then, yeah. Are but we... I suppose a lot of them have deteriorated well, because they made don't... a funny. Yeah, don't thing. say that. So so far, I think we've been all right. The worst thing for us is always patent leather shoes, oh, and, and for everyone, what happens to that? Well, it's called. Well, we call it weeping. So oh, it just that's be- so sad already. Yeah, it is. It just sort of dissolves really, and the the main thing is not to get any tissue paper near it. Um, you know, so in the past, people thought that trying to do something good to them and put them in tissue paper and that get you just it gets stick it sticks sticks oh. to it, and then then you that's it. You know, you can't really get it off. Wow. Um, so yeah, don't put your patent leather shoes. Okay, I don't think I have any, but if I do get any, I won't. That's one of the takeaways. Um, Yeah, that's one of the big messages from this phone call. The other thing, can I tell you my other thing? Please. Um, Because I think you will like it. So at the the end of the the book, um, Tracy Tynan talks about what she's wearing now these days. Um, which includes hoodies, interestingly. Um, oh, funny. And the, the the one thing that really interested me, she said she had a coach bag designed by Bonnie Cashin. Oh, oh, that's so nice. And Do you I, love Bonnie? Yes, and I, I actually didn't really know much about coach, apart from that Selena Gomez is doing ads for them. 
So I looked <laughs> into that a bit, and um, so that they're quite an old company from the forties. Yeah. I, I I don't want to um, sort of go through the whole history. There's quite a lot online, although not not everything is correct. But anyway, they seem to have hired Bonnie Cashin in 1962, and she was there for until the mid 70s. And I love, I totally love her back. She she did. She's to- so good. She, they're so quite functional, which sort of makes sense. I mean, I don't know as much as you about her. I don't actually know quite mm. little about, but um, they're quite functional, but they're also, they've sort of got interesting touches. So apparently she had a convertible car and mm. a bit of brass furniture on the car or some sort of um, toolie thing. Um, she she put on the on the bag, so they often have sort of brass metal uh, toggles and things oh, like that. Oh, interesting! I knew they had the brass, but I didn't know that was why. And then um, there are other ones that have a a point a coin purse integrated, so you actually see the frame outside, so good. and then you open it up, and they often have really nice stripy um, fabric inside. And then they say they claim she invented the tote because she saw all these women walking around with paper shopping bags and. And ah. um, she thought they should have sort of proper bags, and they came in all sorts of candy-colored leathers in different sizes. So that that sounds really nice. Um, and yes, I quite I, I'm I'm really surprised about myself because I I spend quite a lot of time looking at them, and I'm not really a bag person at all. Um, uh-huh. There's one particular one I have my eye on, but I I fear it might not be one of hers. They also did a bag called the stewardess bag. <laughs> yeah, and a, it's a, a bit like a saddle bag, and apparently it was almost like regulation wear for stewardesses. Um, oh wow! Um, but that might I'm not sure, I'm, I haven't quite figured out whether that's one of hers or not. Oh, and then I mean, there's she, there's yeah. one just one last one that's mm-hmm. it's called a body bag. Um, and it's it, it. I mean, that's not the best name. No, um, Bonnie. true, actually. Um, <laughs> I hadn't even, even thought of that. I was, so, I I was, was so, slipping into law and order territory. I was so excited seeing it. It's, I'm you, sorry, I, I don't want to spoil it for you. If you imagine like a sort of egg shape type, yeah, uh, yeah, so an egg, an egg shape, and then it has a, like a hole at the narrow part of the egg, and this is where you put your arm through. So, so the bag is made out of these sort of egg shaped bits of leather, and if you lie it flat, it's totally flat. But then if you yeah. if you take it up, um, you put your arm through that hole, and then it becomes a bag. Um, wow! Yeah, so, so it's almost like a piece of armor. I guess it is a bit. Yeah, it, it's it's really really nice. So um um I that that's another one I'd love to have. And you can, you can I can imagine you with that one. That sounds really good. And you can still get them on um on on various sort of vintage vintage sites. Um, yeah. But then Coach also remade quite a bit of them. So it's. I mean, I think they'd been using her designs for years without kind of indicating that's where they were from, and then it became. Ah, she became better known and mm. they started using her name more again is. she is she's so fascinating and she did so many amazing things that we think of as just common sense yeah wow. i i had a look at what the metropolitan museum has of her and uh, yeah quite a lot of things i'd love to have um yeah no she's really really great and she has um there's there's like a skirt. I can't remember if it is. I think it's at FIT at, at museum museum at FIT in New York rather than the Met collection. Um, but she did these amazing skirts that have like a coin purse for the pocket. Yeah, yeah. They're so good mm. as well. Mm. And I can't remember whether it's extra fine um, 
merino or cashmere but she had like this system that she got from um from japanese dressing apparently where it's like something like five layers and that's like all you would really need so you would wear all of them together and because they're so good um because they're so fine you could wear them all together with it and still be able to bend your arms and everything um when it was cold or you can just like shed a layer as it gets warmer and and is she the one because there is there is on the on the metropolitan museum website there's a stripy um it's like almost like a jumpsuit yeah. um and it it sort of seems like you wear that underneath and then you wear um uh you your skirt on top yeah I, i always love that idea that's a like really that. nice mm. idea because claire mccardle did similar where it's like an all-in-one leotard mm. bodysuit and then um sort of like a pinafore on mm. top but they had too much trouble trying to produce the bodysuit cheaply uh. So it never really took off. I guess But no, it's... it is a nice idea. There's a good book by um, Stephanie Lake, who um, I met once at the Bard Graduate Center in New York. And she met Bonnie Cashin before oh, wow. Cashin died. Mm. And they kind of just became amazingly close friends. And Bonnie Cashin left her loads and loads of material when she died. Mm. And so I, I think some of it is a... Um, University of California, I think they have part of the archive now, but Stephanie Lake has, you know, just amazing amounts of things that she did because she was just so creative and interesting. Because I think she she designed for film. She was really, yeah. you know, she's one of these people who everyone should know about, but she's somehow um, dropped off the list for yeah. a lot of people. I wonder why that is, because there was there was an exhibition at some point, but I guess it's quite a while ago now mm. uh, in New York. I think it's because, well, I think it's like with Claire McCardle. Um, I think it's like those designers were so inventive. They really understood what ready-to-wear is and how to work with that form of dress. And so a lot of what they've done has now just become how we dress every day. So... It, it's not noted as much. Do you know what I mean? It's like people would rather go and see things which are clearly other and beautiful and, you know, right. couture. Spectacular, yeah. Yeah, exactly, because you can kind of wonder at it. And and I understand that, and I like doing that too, but, but it means you kind of forget the people who actually pioneered how we how we dress now mm. and, and ideas that we should still be doing, like having our you know, little coin purse as a pocket yes. on our skirts, and which I, I would really like to do. I, I would like that too. I would. I think we both would like yeah. it, yeah. I also wonder whether um, it's something to do with having pre predominantly sold in the US. I, I, mm, I, I might be wrong possible. there, but... Um, I don't know. Maybe it. Maybe that. That's another sort of reason. It's the same no, it, with, with Coach, say, which is in America, yeah. is such a big brand apparently. But I, it wasn't really yeah. on. On. Well, maybe that was me. But I. I. I, I think it. No, yeah. it's huge in America. There's mm. like you see it much more. I mean, it's been relaunched and had. Um, you know, sort of. I can't think. Was it Stuart Vever? Yeah, that's right. That? Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, so it's had sort of cool people and you know, really good ad campaigns and it's done a sort of clothing range alongside it. So it's sort of relaunched in the last, I don't know, five, ten years. But it does have a very different character because it's because it's American. Mm. Um, I mean, it's like, I'm really excited. I, I won't say it, sadly, but my students, my MA students, are going to New York next month. And one of the things I'll say is there's going to be a Norman Norell 
exhibition at Museum FIT, which, I mean, Norman Norell, another humdinger, not not in the mould of Bonnie and Claire. You see, I'm on first name terms with yeah. all of them. Um, but really interesting. And Beatrice, you must look up his mermaid dresses, these all oh, really? sequin dresses. Oh, my God. And, and also, like, ones which are short that you wear with a matching coat that I like to imagine myself wearing as day wear. <laughs> Without see-through max on top. Without see-through max on top, of course. Mm. I think we're both going to have to get our see-through max yeah. somehow. Yeah. On that yeah. note. Yeah, I think I think you know see-through max is our end end point for today. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, me too. Take care. All right. Bye. And you. Bye.